Hello there, Penguins fans. Welcome back to the uh, second of two episodes for today, because of course I didn't have one on Thursday. For today's episode, we're going to have Jesse Marshall of The Athletic on to discuss everything regarding this team from the GM firings to who he would be looking to replace Ron Hextall, Brian Burke and Chris Breyer, uh, to moves that he would make this offseason. Maybe he has some stuff that I haven't thought of, and we'll also discuss the playoffs as a whole. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LRS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We're free and available on all platforms. But for this one, your second listen of the day. Joining me now is the man, the myth, the legend, Jesse Marshall. Uh, he has not been on the show in quite a bit. Uh, he was on the round of 412 earlier this week. For some reason, they decided not to invite me. Nah, I'm just messing around, people. Uh, but Jesse, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, it's good to talk. Anything relating to the Penguins, even though this is a weird time not seeing them in the playoffs. It is, yeah. Uh, I was in college the last time this happened. I'm old, like I'm way older than you. You're probably like in elementary school, like kindergarten I was or something. Eight. Yes, close. I was close third grade, so, uh, second or third grade. But that's yeah, pretty much my entire adult life, right? Um, there's been even if it's for a brief spell, like it was with Montreal in the play-in year, right? Um, that didn't last very long, but they were still in, right? So mm-hmm. it's a bizarre. I'm an, I'm enjoying it personally. Um, not in like a, a like I enjoy the Penguins not being in, but like it's nice to have the ability to sit down and like really pay really close attention to the other series. Because if you're writing about the Penguins and you know this, you can you know you can pay attention to what other things are happening, but you're formulating story ideas or doing your show that you do every day and having to come up with content for that. Um, don't really have the joy as much maybe as you would uh, other times. So the hockey fan, I guess, in us, um, it puts us in a little bit of a different position for sure. Um, and I'm having fun kind of just like cutting video of like, you know, whatever, whatever in the heck I feel like and writing about whatever I want. So it's, it's kind of fun in that regard, I guess. Yeah, you've been doing all that stuff for McKean's um, hockey. And you're, if, you're, if you're not reading Jesse's work, um, you are missing out because he's been putting a lot of video from all the other series. It, it has been fun, you know. You know, we'll get to the playoffs a little bit later, but you know, I've just been, you know, I've I've started like a new, I've started like the, the final Thrawn trilogy. I've just been reading that and just watching the games. I'm like, wow, it's kind of interesting to not have to, you know, be pacing your just be pacing around your house or your apartment just watching this team in playoff games. It's just it's new, but you know, it's for like a one-off year, hopefully um, a little, definitely a little different. Yeah. And, and it's a shame. I mean, you know, we've talked, you and I have talked about the year that Crosby and Malkin had and mm-hmm. um, you know, really the year that they ended up really from their top six, frankly, you know, Jason Zucker having a career year in Pittsburgh from his time here. Um, I think Jake Gensel probably would like to have scored a little bit more, but I think still had a good season um, yeah. as much as there was bad and there was a lot, there was also some good and it's, you know, feel, it feels wasteful. I think is the word I think I would use um, that there was a lot of good, you know, 82 game performances that got turned in. And unfortunately it led to nothing. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin played all 82 games, had 85 to 90 plus points. They still couldn't even drag the rest of that team in the playoffs. And, you know, it led to some serious changes. You know, it's been a week now, Jesse, since Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, and Chris Pryor lost their jobs. It's been a week since we first heard from Fenway Sports Group. And it's been crickets since then because there's really been no sort of rumors about who the next GM is going to be. I expected it to be quiet. I don't. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, as fast as it was last time. I'm pretty sure when Rutherford resigned a couple of years ago, they filled that role within two weeks. Like they were very quick. I think like, yeah. I think Rossi of the Athletic had like five candidates right off the bat within like two days. You know, mm-hmm. they're really, it looks like they're really taking their time with this. Um, I think we're kind of similar with our thinking, but, you know, who are you really looking forward to potentially seeing, you know, you know, taking Ron Hextall's, I, I, I butchered that question. Who are you looking forward to potentially seeing, you know, take over this team? Yeah. So I think, I think there's a couple of names I'd throw at you and I think they're all going to fit like a profile that you're not going to be surprised to find that I like. Um, Eric Tolsky is probably at the top of the list. I, that, that to me is, you know, I don't think people understand because um, this was like 13 years ago that this happened, but Eric Tolsky wrote the articles that 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 birthed expected goal analysis like he did the work in the space that discovered score effects right and stuff like that the fact that teams hemorrhage more shots when they're up two goals and that maybe we should ignore that period of the game because there's a lot of noise in there um you know he's so savvy uh i think for me anyway, what you really get with him, Hunter, is the guarantee that you're not going to have a glaringly erroneous player acquisition, right? Like Mikhail Granlin, for example, inexcusable, inexcusable acquisition in every shape of it. A guy like Eric Tolsky or Ty- – I know Tyler Dello has a tendency to rub people the wrong way. Um, his public discourse about analytics was often direct – and to the point whereas like if you're in a conversation with someone who doesn't believe in hockey analytics or that numbers matter in hockey you know maybe you you tread lightly with them to try to get buy-in or present points in like a you baby it down a little bit Dello wouldn't do that like he would just run you over with a steamroller with the facts and be like your opinion's stupid here's the way it actually is um i like him <laughs> personally um i like that so i'm gonna throw his name in there he's these are guys that, again, you know, here's the thing, though, like if everybody keeps talking, well, what about these? They don't have the interpersonal relationships and it, who cares? I don't care. I really don't. I frankly, I don't care about that at all. I want guys who are going to make good, shrewd player acquisitions that yes. cost other teams and and benefit the Penguins. <laughs> That's That should be everybody's goal. Like, why are we all interested? Well, does this guy, like, are they going to talk about golf for 25 minutes when they pick up the phone? Like, are they going to be friends? Like, I don't care. Get good players. You know, that's what this is about. And they all have the ability to do that. Do you think, do people really think, do people really think that if like Sam Ventura, who's another name I really, who's from Pittsburgh, CMU guy, mm-hmm. if he got the job and he called like Ron Francis. Do you people think Ron Francis would hang up because Sam Ventura is a new GM? Do people no. think that he just would like click, click, oh, idiot, and like hang the phone? This concept is crazy to me that like you have to have some level of like interpersonal relationship um, with other general managers. I just don't believe in that. So all these names are fresh. 
Um, Kyle Dubas, I don't care. I I, I don't dislike Kyle Dubas. Um, I think here, I don't know the story, right? That's the frustrating piece. I think the the narrative I've been fed is that the bad decisions Kyle Dubas has made haven't really been his idea. Brendan Shanahan. You can you could sell me that with like maybe a bridge somewhere. I don't, like I'm not that dumb, right? I'm just not. Like that's that's nonsensical to me. And what kind of organization do you have if your general manager could just be steamrolled into signing 40 plus veterans at the whimsical behest of Brendan Shanahan? Like I just don't. <laughs> maybe that's the way it is, right? I just don't know that I believe that. I yeah. I still don't dislike Kyle Dubas. I I, I sorry Hunter, but my, to finish my sure. idea. Like I, I do think there's merit in saying that despite the circumstances up there, that a large amount of cash and a blank check over hockey, hockey ops might be an attractive thing to him for a team that has Sidney Crosby's Twilight. And imagine what his legend becomes if he wins a cup with Sidney Crosby one more time, right? Like what does that do for him? Especially if he's making a bag of cash and he has 100% control over everything. Of course, of course, I think he might be interested in that. I just don't know to what level, and I don't know. You know obviously, the Penguins aren't out there like sitting down at the table having a conversation with them about it right now because the Maple Leafs are in the playoffs and yeah. you know they're not they're not tampering. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's legitimacy to the interest. <clears throat> I just don't know if it's reciprocal. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, and we're we're probably not going to find that out for another week, week and a half until potentially the Leafs um, are limited. I think as soon as they if they lose that series, I think Fenway's worst group is probably going to give him a call right away. I think they see him as like that Theo Epstein kind of guy when they mm-hmm. hired him for the Red Sox. I think they 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 think of him like that, just you know, one hundred percent of the way. Um, <clears throat> I understand that people will not like Dubas because well, he's lost in the first round everywhere year. Well. You know, he's also in the general manager of a team that, you know, is more or less cursed, but I also, you know, they've gone up against some really tough opponents sure. in those series. Like Boston's very good. Uh, T- uh, Tampa Bay is very good. The Columbus and Montreal series, you probably should have won. But all their other years, you know, they've gone up against some very good competition. I mean, I'm not saying I would hire him. I'm just saying that, you know, he would be a better fit you know, then obviously the last regime and some of the other people that I think could be on this list. I, I just want someone who's not really a retread, like a Brad. A recycled, yeah. Recycled hockey yeah. man. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent agree. It would just be dumb. Like, you know, Brad, you living fine job in Calgary, got them close to the playoffs this year, did what he could with Kachuk and Goudreau leaving, but he's nothing much, much special. You have those, those dumb rumors about Stan Bowman. Yeah. I don't I, I don't even, I'm not even going to give him a call. Peter Shirelli, I think I've seen floated out there. I mean, if you want a Hall for Larson type deal, you can just hire him right. for that. You can but, do that. But yeah, I just want someone bad who's situation fresh. Worse. Yeah, literally. I just want someone who's fresh, who's innovative, brings new ideas, and actually knows how to evaluate players in our year 2023 and not from 2017 or 2018, Jesse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's the big thing, too. And then, like, a lot of people, you know, uh, I'm not afraid. To, I'm not really not afraid to say this, but like, you know, Mr. Huffman got brought into the Penguins organization. He never been a scout anywhere before, right? Like, what was his history? Um, this is as extensive as mine, frankly. Actually, yeah. I don't know. I might even say mine's more extensive. Uh, I, it's like I've been sitting on the internet doing this for years. I don't know, man. I, I, there was a, there was a. I think there was a touch of like my friends are here. Like, let's bring them on over. Um, and I think that there was a disconnect 
for me between the what the coach wanted to do and the way that he wanted to play and what they were signing and bringing in. Like, I think that was really, really off the mark. Like, there was a complete divorce between the two parties. They never were on the same page, hardly at any point. Other than maybe, like, Ricard Raquel, you could say it was, like, a player that really fit the style of, of play that, that Sullivan wanted. You know, but other, outside of that, I feel like everything else, Ryan Paling, maybe we could add in there. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, it was, there were a lot of whiffs. And I, I, there's, I think whatever you do, um, you know, you do have an analytics department already. It's there, pre-existing. It's very talented. Um, and Katarina was great. You could build around that. Um, I think you you give somebody that ability to come in and control it, right? Like you, like I said, Hunter, that that allure of like that blank check. And if they want to build out an assistant GM and they want to bring other people in, great. If they don't, great. Trust whoever it is. Make the right hire. Trust whoever it is, and then let them paint the vision and take control of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that it's going to do anybody any good to, you know, bring a Burke in again or bring in some kind of like, you know, hiring manager, you know, or something like that. You know, let the team make the decision, let the group make the decision, yeah. target the guy you want, and then let that person, that person that you've brought in build from, let them be the architect. Don't bring in somebody else to do it for them. No, I mean, and I, that's I, not, I, by the way, not an excuse for Ron Hextall. That's not no. an excuse for Ron Hextall. It was just a weird marriage, right? Like, it's just like, it didn't make any sense to me. And and there was always that question of who's actually in charge here. You can never have that happening again. You can never have that happening again. There's be very, very clear who this person in charge is this time around. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with the Jacob Chikrin stuff, you know, that was, I think that was honestly almost felt like the beginning of the end uh, for Hextall here, just because kind of was going against Sullivan a little bit. And I don't think Sullivan has any Bill Belichick like power here, but he obviously has been here for a long time, and while Hextall wasn't, that's just yeah, you're right. The two never saw eye to eye. I think on how the you know their respective viewpoints wanted the team to be built, and I do think for this front office, Jesse, you know, other than bringing in an innovative person, um, I, I actually I've been thinking this for the last couple of days. I think you're going to see a woman be brought aboard because you know the time is coming when there is going to be a woman general manager in this league. I I would say probably within the next couple of years, to be honest. And, you know, with the way Fenway operates, uh, I think they could definitely try to, you know, if they, if they do want someone like Dubas, I could see them going out there and getting Haley Wickenheiser, who's there as an assistant GM under him. Uh, I think Rob had um, Alexandra um, Mandrick. Mandrick. Yeah, she's in Seattle. Um, Cam, I think, John, you're going to hear this later on today on the Hockey Happy Hour. Uh, well, probably shouldn't have dropped that. It's still, we're still in the baby stages of it, but you know, Josh dropped uh, Cami Granado. Um, I'm I would be very surprised if there wasn't a woman on this staff. And you know, I, I I would be all for it because you know, again, the time is coming when there is going to be a full time woman general manager in this league. Amen. I hope they pick up the phone and call my friend Rachel Dory. Free Megan Tyka so, as well. Yeah, yeah. Megan be great. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, yeah. I mean, any of those names are phenomenal. Um, yeah, I agree with you. By the way, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into like the specifics because, like, you know, out of respect, but like, you know, I think what happened with Rachel sucked. Um, yeah, that situation was crappy. Um, you know, I'd be wary of some people because of that situation. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, but I think you know, it's another name I would just throw in the hat is uh, the Dory name. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect one right there. Um, that will wrap up this first segment of the podcast coming up. In the second segment, we're going to get into some moves that, you know, I'm going to ask Jesse if he thinks the Penguins should make over the offseason, as I do think this there, there are going to be quite a few changes. But before we get into that, we do have to discuss eBay Motors. If I get my wonderful, nope, that's not the right one. That is the right one for the YouTube audience. Um, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to feel just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or you'll get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. We're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. I am with Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. Um, Jesse, you know, whenever the new management staff comes in, whether that's two weeks, three weeks, a month, maybe more, um, they are going to be pressed with a lot of decisions to make this summer. There's a lot of UFAs, a couple RFAs. There's also some players under contract who probably should not be returning next season. And, you know, I'll throw this out there because I saw this thrown around uh, social media this week. I talked about it on my show. Jesse, do you think it's worth it for the Penguins to buy out Mikhail Granlin and eat some salary cap for the next several years? I think it's the most sensical thing that they can do. Frankly, I think any general manager that gets hired, that should be the first order of business. It just makes too much sense. Um what sucks is that, and we and I, you and I have always discussed like how cool it'll be when the cap goes up. What, how creative can the Penguins get? Like, what will they do with that extra money? Well, now they kind of have to flush it down the toilet a little bit, right? Because, you know, they got to buy him out. But um, I don't think he has the goods to play in the Mike Sullivan system at a $5 million a year cap hit. That's the key, right? Like, at that level, I, I don't. I don't see him as like a super aggressive bear down four checker. Like he fits that bill. I don't think he's going to get the power play time to be an impactful playmaker. Cause that's probably the best part of his game. And the second power play unit in Pittsburgh is basically you know, garbage time, right? You don't see a lot of action in there. Um, yeah. Crosby, Malkin and Latang are going to dominate that top unit. Um, at even strength, his impacts were negligible at best. Um, he scored one trash time goal against the flyers. I'm not uh, even going to count that goal anymore. doesn't count. Well, Hunter, here's the th- other thing I haven't even gotten to. He's objectively bad defensively. Yeah. He is. He just is. He's not good defender. You could you could say what you want, but you can't put lipstick on a pig. Like, I I am I see it. Like, it's there. The data's there. He, like, it's not great. So, I just – I would rather – it's one of those situations where you'd rather pay to not have to deal with all that and then have the rest of the cap space – you could sign two players that are more impactful for him with the money that you have left over. Take out the what it's like one point eight, I think, Hunter. Don't quote do you know the number offhand? I think is it one point eight million? This year the buyout cap hits nine thirty three, I think. Nine thirty three. And then it goes up to one point eight for the next there you several go. years. But look at it this way though. Do the math. That's money that you have a, if you go out and make two shrewd smart moves for one point five mil a piece. 
You have four million in, in extra cap space this year. Yeah, yeah. Get another five thousand dollars. You just gave yourself a little buffer. Congratulations. So I just feel like it's it's almost it makes too much sense to not do it. I, I would be shocked if it didn't happen. Um, just because again, I don't. If Mike Sullivan's sticking, or even if he's not sticking around, like even if they get a new coach, do you still really want that at five million dollars a year? I mean, I don't see the results improving in any drastic format, regardless of what the system is. So for me, yes, uh, I would one hundred percent do it. Yeah, I just yeah, you're right, Jesse. I don't think he ever really truly fit the system. His offense has gone downhill. I don't need to hear about the 64 points he played with Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, and Philip Forsberg. I keep I've probably said that about five thousand times. There's a stupid little critter, not even a critter, just a little fly trying to fly around near my desk. Um, another question I have for you is, you know, what about you know for defensively? Jeff Petrie makes a lot of money, six point two five for the next couple of seasons. I was on board with that move at the time because he played pretty well down the stretch. Uh, the season before this one under Marty St. Louis, I believe had 21 points in 30 games after St. Louis took over. Thought, okay, put him with a more offensive system. He'll thrive. Well, he didn't. His aid started to show. Do you think the Penguins could look to move on from him this offseason, even though his contract is a bit much? I think that you probably try, but to your point, right, you're going to have to sweeten that pot potentially for another team to take some of that on. Um, they don't have any sweeteners or they can't afford to sweeten, right? That may hamper their ability to do things in other areas. So, um, you know, here's the good news is he wasn't a disaster, right? Like no. he wasn't this un- undeployable. Un- he, I think he suffered from big moments. I think I think what would really benefit Jeff Petrie and, P- and Pittsburgh Hunters to just pinch less I think that's true of all the defensemen. I think that just as an organization, they need to pinch yes. less, period, all the time. I think that, that that green light is a little too green in some uncomfortable areas for me. Mm-hmm. So I think if they could tone that back, it does two things. One, it makes it gives him more cause to have to utilize some shrewd common sense in his bench situations which they could bit him down the stretch this year. I think, too, it takes the burden off him to have to face less odd man situations. Um, you know, from an expected goals against standpoint, Hunter, the Penguins were trash defensively this year. Um, and I think it was tra- a lot of it was transition stuff, right? They get caught a lot. They were they were forced uh, to play uh, in transition on their heels and didn't react well to, to situations where they had to freelance read things, right? So anything you could do to reduce those moments is going to be great. So if he does stick around, I think there are ways that they can organically get a little bit more out of him, um, uh, you know, without sink in the boat defensively yeah i think that's fair you know also you know putting a competent partner with him would help you know if they if that's marcus Pedersen, that's marcus Pedersen. if it's someone else who they decide to sign um which i think that's one of their top needs um and that's that but you know speaking of that jesse you know what is kind of like your dream mock off season outside of buying out Granlin? you know I've, I've been on the record saying i think they need someone else to play with chris letang i think that's a big piece of the puzzle they also probably need a starting goaltender you got to fill out your bottom six you know how how would you approach this offseason to get to, this offseason to getting this team back to at least being a playoff team next year sure i mean so goaltending is number one yeah. uh, i think anything you do right out of the gate that's not that is a mistake uh, strictly just because you know you can fix the the roster you could dress that up and, and fill out those holes and get a better bottom six and all that. But if if you have bad goaltending, leaky goaltending, 
who cares, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like you're still going to lose. I think, <laughs> you know, no, you, you don't have a team right now that's good enough, uh, nor do I think you can build a team that's good enough to overcome something like that, you know? So that's the first one. Uh, now you're going to have to get a little creative there for sure, right? No question about it. Um, a name I like in free agency that I think is out there that that you might be able to get fancy and do something with is like an Aiden Hill. Um, maybe you go out and, and find a way to get creative and do that. Um, maybe you make a trade. Um, um, you know, Vamelka is a, a guy I like out in Arizona. You know, they're all UC Soros. Uh, UC Soros. Everybody loves that. Um, I'm down with that as well. Uh, but you have to do something, right? Like you got to go. You got to do something. You got to go out. Um, I don't think either of the goalies that they had this year should be back. I don't think either one of them. Um, if you want to keep Dustin Tokarski for the AHL, great, fine, I don't care. Um, but I, the, the other ones, are, they have got to go. Uh, you know, looking out from the back defensively, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm not so much interested in like the discussions that people are having regarding like size when you get bigger. Blah, blah, blah. I just want people who can handle the puck, right. And, and are good in transition. Um, you know, that's really it for me. That That's my requirement. Uh, people who, you know, maybe can traditionally help you drive play a little bit um, and, and pick you up. Um, unfortunately, all the good, you have to rebuild the big. So number two, I'm going to say is actually rebuild the bottom six. Um, whether that's like, let some young players that are on cheap deals, uh, you know, get in there and finally play. Maybe you have to do that. Cool. I understand that. Um, maybe you have to get creative and try to find a way to go out and pinch and poach a, an RFA somewhere, you know, um, and get their rights, you know, cause they don't, you know, compensation wise, they're in a, a crappy position, but um, I, I, you know, you have to, you got to find a way to do things on the cheap when it comes to the bottom six. And that starts with, you know, maybe like a guy like a Drew O'Connor, you know, and just sucking it up and giving him the space um and putting him down there permanently because it saves you money you know and you could you could potentially have the space to do other things so um my in order for me is goaltending bottom six um and then um you know you you can individually spot out from there oh there's jesse's mock off season right there you know hopefully you know the new management comes in here and you know up sees the the, the flaws with this team and i do agree with you about o'connor i think he should have a full-time spot next season paling I'm lukewarm too. I thought he played better when he got back from his injury, but yeah. I'm still not sure if he can fully stay healthy uh, for next season. But um, that would do it for this segment. Coming up to end the show, we're going to do some little talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, what Jesse has seen so far, what I've seen from a lot of these series. So don't go anywhere. That's coming up right after this commercial break. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at Elmersor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. I don't know, this weird little fly thing is just. We got, some, we got a little fruit fly over there or something. What's going on? He is testing me today. I don't know where this thing came from. I'm you need to step office. up your reflexes. You've been swatting at this thing. I, I've this been trying to kill it. Thank God you're not a goalie. You'd be a sieve. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible glove, Hunter. Terrible. He won't. He won't die. Matt Murray level glove. I know. It's terrible. Oh, mm. he won't die. But you know, I can tell you who also you know won't die is a lot of these teams in the playoffs right now because a lot of these series are very good. Jesse, when you you've watched all nights of those Stanley Cup playoffs so far, what series has really caught your eye as the one where fans need to be like, okay, I got to tune into this one. Seattle, Colorado, been so much fun. Game's been great. 
uh, both of these teams. I think what's interesting about this is that they're playing the same systems pretty much um, for the most part in that like they're really aggressive on their forecheck. And, and each team is simultaneously trying to rob it of the other of as much time and space as they possibly can. Um, you know, I, I loved watching in game one Seattle close a lead out super aggressively and mm-hmm. like on the front foot, we're not going to sit back and protect this lead. We're going to continue to try to press you. Um, and then they did that again in game two, but Colorado, um, you know, found a way around it. You know, I posted a video on Twitter today of them, you know, using that long change in the second period to their advantage. There's a lot of little quick stretch passing that they did to get around the Seattle forecheck. So I feel like there's two coaches in that series that are really dancing around each other right now and trying to figure out how they're going to find time and space. I thought the Rangers Devils series was going to be the best one in the playoffs. And boy, does it suck. It just sucks. And the Rangers are just absolutely throttling them. Reminds Jason me of 2000. Night, it's Penguin Senators 2007. 2007. Yeah, 100%, man. I agree with that 100%. Um, Boston, Florida's been good, right? That's been good. I think it's been a good series. No Bergeron makes that a, a very interesting dynamic. Um, it totally changes the face of that series. Uh, and, you know, I'm interested to see what happens tonight with this game three at Edmonton in LA. Because um, Connor McDavid's super good. Leon Dreisaitl's super good. Uh, but man, like the Kings again, uh, in that game one, they felt like a team that could like take this to distance and make it really difficult. So if Edmonton comes out tonight and just destroys them, this one might be quick. If LA wins, whoa, buckle up. That'll be fun. LA's been kind of like trapping a bit. Have you noticed that? They play like a one, three, one, almost like a one, four. They play the option. What are the other options? Let Connor McDavid dice you. Right. So like, I would, I wouldn't even. You know, if he if he was on the ice, uh, you put all five guys on the blue line. Just stand there. Every sticks out. Lay down. Everyone lay down. <laughs> lay down across the blue line. Make them dump it. Make them dump it. Um, I'm kidding. But no, I that's I think that's smart. To be frank with you, you can't. They can't punch with them. They cannot do it. No. Right. And the, there's a lot of times like where I think like, and I, um, Florida's I think a great example of this. Um, there's I, Seattle's a great example of this. Frankly, is that don't. You know, if your if your strength is forechecking and aggressive play, live on that. You know, don't go up against a better team and cower. Um, but I think in this case, like it's working. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it well, it worked a little bit. You know, and it's probably your best chance to survive. So um, that's what they used to do it in Lemieux back in the day, dude. Like, and you could get away with like putting your arm around somebody's neck and giving him a DDT, like that was legal. Like that's what you did against Lemieux. Like DDT, power drive him. You know, give him yeah. a tombstone. That's the only chance you have to win. So, um, yeah. And then uh, Tampa, Toronto. What a what a just absolute. Those Toronto fans were feral last night. It was crazy. It was great. So um, that's gonna be seven agonizing games for the fans of those franchises. They are just gonna tear each other to shreds. And I'm gonna sit back and enjoy it. That's been a fun one so far. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I'm not repeating this on here, obviously. Phil Esposito. Uh, I think honored 420 with a really bad quote last night during that Leafs. Uh, I did not see this. What was it? Uh, I'll send it to you. It's okay. Don't do it. Yeah. If you can't. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm not glad I missed it. it frankly, I'm it is, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there, but yeah, there was a ton of penalty minutes there. The Dallas Minnesota series has been awesome. I oh, yeah. love Dallas is fun to watch. Go at it. I don't know why Minnesota went to flurry in game two. That Weird, really right? made no sense. Yeah. But, you usually don't do that after a win. Yeah, that one, yeah, I don't understand that at all. And then the, the one series, Jesse, that I can't watch 
that Carolina uh, New York series, it's just like watching paint dry. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. Uh, not a good matchup for for the Islanders. No. <laughs> right at the end of the day, they're really struggling. Uh, they can't score. Well, yeah, that's a problem too. But like their crease coverage has been terrible. They've just been letting people get behind them, and um, uh, it's just not been good. So I think they've got to start doing it. If they can't do a better job in front of their net and, and wide, they're going to get eaten alive. And look, I know like refs miss penalties. That's the theme of the NHL playoffs, but you cannot go out of position to complain about it. You can't. You're going to get no. destroyed, and that's exactly what happened over with Scott Mayfield. Um, you know, he left his man uh, wide open, and Jesper Foss crushed him for it. So uh, lesson learned. Uh, if the call gets missed, you're better off swallowing it and walking away because um, the, these refs – They'll burn you for it. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. And, and that was a penalty, obviously. But, you know, you're right. You can't be skating out of your way to bark at the ref when there's a scoring chance coming in. I also thought Sorokin was terrible in that game. That was a very off day for who I think is one of the three best goaltenders on the planet. Um, they're up a creek. Even though Carolina is down Teravina and Svechnikov, they should be able to win two of these remaining five games. Uh, you're right. It's a bad match for the Islanders. The Hurricanes – they can do what the Islanders do. Like they'll shut you down. Like that's how they are. But you know, it's also like watching paint. It's also like watching paint dry. Your water boil for pasta. It is a <laughs> tough watch. Um, I was impressed by what Florida did to Boston game two. I was sitting there to myself. I was like, oh, tie game going into the third period. Would the Penguins have won that game, Jesse? Nope. I don't. I would probably have said no. And honestly, it's just watching these games. Other than maybe the Islanders. I don't think the Penguins are better than any of these teams. And nope. I think they probably would. I think they would have gotten destroyed. I think if you look at the way some of the goals, I I posted a montage on Twitter yesterday of like you know the far forward scored like three goals in the NHL the other night, like the, the four that's like tucked away from the play. The Penguins did such a bad job marking that forward, like they'd have just been eaten alive by it. You know, it's just. <laughs> It's like I was just thinking, thinking to myself when I was cutting that video, like all of these goals are like goals the Penguins allowed all year long, and you probably just gotten crushed. So uh, I'm with you, man. I don't think it would have been very pretty. No, no, it would not. And yeah, that that Jersey Rangers series, yeah, it's definitely looking like I think Jersey's there a little too early. They're just not ready. I, I don't think they're ready for this yet. Very similar to the Penguins in 07 when they got waxed by that veteran setters team. The Rangers are going to be a really tough out, and that's getting a little. Scary there that they might have a good draw. If they can win that series and they potentially get a banged up Carolina team, they may make a run to the conference final or potentially the Stanley Cup final. They have the team to do it um, this season. Yeah, I mean that Colorado series has been great. I didn't think the Seattle would be giving them this much of a fight, to be honest, Jesse. I yeah didn't think even without Landis Cog, you know. But Colorado's you know they're in a war right now and they're going to have to get ready for that. You know, great atmosphere in Seattle. This weekend. No, last question for you. What are you looking forward to uh, for the remainder of these series? Anything jump your eye for that? Um, I'm going to go back to, again, just the Seattle, Colorado piece. I think if you're interested in like systems or coaching, it's a good one to watch. It's a, a lot of audibles getting called, a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of space. So um, it's very, you know, chaos in, in, in the hockey playoffs is what we expect. But I think that because of the environment and the systems has been ratcheted up um, to a level, maybe just a little bit higher than the rest of these series right now. Yeah. It's a late one. So you have to stay up to watch it, but it's the weekend. You have no excuses. Not to. Yeah. it's not the weekday, 
But um, that would do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Jesse, really appreciate you coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where you can, outside the athletic, where they can read your work because you are doing a lot of league-wide stuff right now. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm at McKean's uh, NHL general stuff um, at McKean'sHockey.com. And then at the athletic, it's Penguins-specific stuff. Um, and then I do a little everything on the old Twitter at jmarshfof. Yeah, so follow him there. Follow all this work at the Athletic and McKean's Hockey. And, you know, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. We're definitely going to have to do this at some point again during the yeah. offseason, probably more than once. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see what happens with these series. We'll see if we get any more rumors or in the Penguins GM search. Until then, um, I'll talk with you all on Monday.